This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Victoria on the ones and twos. Hey, somebody's got to save the Panthers, right? Maybe it'll be Dan Morgan. Maybe Darren Gant will be the one who saves the Panthers. Panthers.com. He joins us on the Adam Gold Show as Dan Morgan is introduced as the new general manager, president of football operations of the outfit. All right, sir, I know the skepticism out there. I know the cynicism out there. Uh, Hiring from within... Uh, after the Scott Fitter era did not exactly distinguish itself. Um, uh, but Dan Morgan's history goes further back and a lot deeper uh, than just the association with the team the last two and a half years. So, as you wrote uh, at Panthers.com a few times today, uh, why Dan Morgan? Why is he the choice? Well, I think it's a lot of things, and I appreciate you having me on. I mean, in terms of who's going to save this team, unless they hire me as assistant GM, there's a limit on how much I can do. But, uh, no, Dan's in in a good spot. And I I think the biggest thing to me of why Dan Morgan is this guy is he's more than just a former player. He's more than just a familiar face or a known commodity. I mean, this is a guy who – you know, was the linebacker we all remember yep. run around out there, number 55. I mean, I, I feel old sometimes reminding people <laughs> of this, but he was Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley. Yep. And, uh, you know, his recognition, his instincts, his awareness, he's the guy who called the signals for the Super Bowl defense. And, you know, he's that guy, and he's also the guy who went to Seattle to be a scouting intern and mm-hmm. pick up guys at the airport if that's what John Schneider and gang needed. And worked his way up, was with successful organizations there, you know, was part of a Super Bowl winner in Seattle, went to a perennial playoff team in Buffalo, you know, and helped them build and and comes highly recommended. We'll have more for you about Dan Morgan on Panthers.com as the days go by. But there's a lot going on. But I just think more than anything else, Dan is a good, solid football hire. I don't know what people were necessarily expecting. You know, if you wanted revolutionary, I guess you could be upset about it, but it's okay to be revolutionary every now and then. I mean, (laughs) Dan is, Dan is, here's what we know about Dan. He was really good at football. He's a good evaluator and has been a good evaluator in multiple places and, you know, has the kind of personality who's not afraid to say no to people. Darren Gant, pro foot. Um, <laughs> second time. Wow, second time. In, in a row. Door. In a row. Second time. I think second time in a row that I've done wow. that. Uh, DarrenGantPanthers.com. We can ask the old guy. We're asking the old guy here. So, look, keeping on Dan Morgan, uh, knowing what you know about him and, uh, and his methods and his interests, uh, what's his first job? First of all, is he going to be the guy who uh, – you know, digs down and hires the football coach, or is this solely David Tepper's decision? Well, no, I mean, and as we just pointed out on Panthers.com moments ago, the structure stays the same. The GM and the coach are still both going to report directly to Dave right. in, in this process, and and I think there's still more moves to come within that front office. I think there's still, you know, some some areas that they want to firm up, some areas they want to upgrade and that kind of stuff. So I think you'll see some stuff over the next couple of days, weeks, uh, et cetera. And, you know, they're, 
they're trying to build on the stuff that's good. I know there's skepticism about running it back off a two and 15 team. And, you know, there's a certain segment of the population that just wants to burn it all down and fire everybody, including me. Um, and, and I get that everybody was disgusted with the way last season went, but there are things there that Dan has talked about and Dan has identified and other people have too, that are worth keeping around here. And, and really, if you just kind of lock it in, you know, nobody wants to hear about sports science when the team went two and 15, I get that totally understand. But even with the roster, I think if you drill down into this thing, this was still a defense that finished fourth in the league in yards, bringing back the rights to Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, the entire secondary, which includes you know a couple of high-end guys in J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. That's a pretty good place to start right there. I mean, the, defensively, the personnel here is not a train wreck. Offensively, things got sideways last year, <laughs> and I, I think in large part that's because – they played, count them, seven left guards and eight right guards. And there's not a personnel man in the NFL who is prepared to go eight deep on his preseason depth chart and find starting caliber answers. They just don't exist. So I, I think stabilizing that front for Bryce, a lot of that's going to be getting Austin Corbett and Brady Christensen back on the field, honestly. You get five games out of your two starting guards, this just in, not great. Yeah, none of um, none of those from Brady Christensen, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, one, he got one out of Brady. Okay, so he one. got that opener before he went down for the year. So, I mean, it's tough, and that's going to be a big part of it. And a lot of this is going to be dictated, too, by the coach who comes in here in the next week or so, uh, whenever that happens to be. Um, you know, style's going to dictate some of this. If they want to play a completely different kind of offense, you know, if it's all going to be wide zone, then they're probably going to have to go get a lineman or two. But if you want to play with the kind of physical downhill style that we've seen some of those guys succeed with, then rolling into the season with Iki Aquanu, Brady Christensen, Bozeman, Corbett, Taylor Moten, not the worst place to start. And, you know, they found some guys who they like as depth pieces over the course of this year. Again, when you play in seven and eight different guards, uh, you find depth, but yeah, I think health's going to go a long way toward fixing that. Obviously, they need more help. They need more playmakers. The DJ Chark experiment didn't go so great, no. but it was a one-year deal. So we'll see what's out out there for him in free agency. But I think they're going to be pretty active, I would imagine, in that in that area in the next couple months. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I'm now one for my last one. Uh, on that, Betty. there you go. It's all about improvement. <laughs> Getting 1% better every day. Oh, wait, am I not supposed to say that anymore? <laughs> no, you can. You can say that. Okay. okay. Um, how do you get Bryce Young to where he needs to be uh, if there aren't really drastic changes in the offensive personnel? I, I think you get him to a better place by putting a functional offense around him. And, and I just I don't mean this as picking on any particular coach who has been here or sort of remains here, but that thing didn't work. And the whole notion <laughs> no. of we're, we're going to bring together all these people from different backgrounds, yep. it was a noble idea, but it turned into the Tower of Babel. I mean, people just weren't speaking the same language. And it never, ever worked. Not when Frank called the plays, not when Thomas Brown did, not when Frank did again, and only sort of at times when Thomas did the tail end of the season. So 
I, I just think finding that cohesive, um, consistent message on offense is going to be a big part of it, honestly. And, and figuring out what you do well and doing more of that and the stuff you're not good at, don't try to do that all the time. I, it sounds simple and it sounds dumb, and I'm not a very smart person. But I, I just think that finding a system that suits the people you know you have, which is Bryce Young, and some young wide receivers who you think can help you in the future, maybe. And, you know, and, and then a, a decent offensive line. At least it was decent in 2022 when all the pieces were in place. So I think you just got to be philosophically consistent with what you want to achieve. And, and then things ought to get better. Because, listen, there's nothing uh, – the cheapest thing, uh, and I know fans are upset and everybody's uh-huh. like C.J. Stroud all year long, but the easiest, dumbest thing to do is say, oh, Bryce Young's terrible. No, he's not. Bryce was in a terrible situation yeah. last year. And if C.J. Stroud had been here in this situation, I, I don't think he would have led the Carolina Panthers to the playoffs. No. I See, I that, that's what – Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival oh, oh, look box at that. set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. We are such we are such prisoners of box scores uh yeah. and and like what we and see the on, right and the right and look, there are people who have already put CJ Stroud in the class of a top 5 NFL quarterback and I'm just like he's played 19 NFL games. Actually, he hadn't played 19 because he missed a couple. Uh, so look, we have to pump the brakes on yeah. all of this. And But that's no fun. You're never going to make it in modern media talking like well, that, Adam Gold. That's a very good point there, and maybe I should uh, I should rethink things. Uh, look, I, I still think that there is a, a great future ahead for Bryce Young. Uh, I yeah. am probably less bullish on the players around him than you are. Uh, because I've already said today, I would I would take every asset I had and offer it up and see what I could get to build out uh, a deeper NF, uh, pool of NFL draft picks for this upcoming year, uh, which includes Brian Burns. Um, I'm, I would also consider maybe Ikea Kwanu would be better suited to guard and Brady Christensen at tackle. Think so? I don't think so. And I've seen. Listen, I I remember. I'm old enough to remember those ten games in a row when Ike Aquano didn't yep. give up a sack last year. Uh, that's how old I am. Oh wait, that was only a year ago. <laughs> Ike Aquano is not the only left tackle in the NFL to struggle year two and bounce back. I mean, the Brickashaw Ferguson's one of the first yeah. names that pop into my mind. I mean, this happens to guys. When I say the offense was systemically broken, offensive linemen never knew from one week to the next what depth Bryce was taking drops at. So, you know, Icky became a pinata for that, and Icky did not have a great year. But to say Icky Aquano is suddenly a terrible football player after appearing to be a pretty good one last year, I I just don't buy that. So I I think, you know. Interesting, because you brought up something that I said the other day. 
in a, in a way, it was, I, I understand the mindset behind getting a diverse coaching staff from different areas, different parts of the NFL, uh, and bringing all these different minds, and you've got young young minds like Thomas Brown, who comes from the Rams, and you've got old heads uh, like uh, what, uh, what, what Jim uh, Caldwell, Caldwell, right? Yeah, you, you, all sorts of great ideas, Frank Reich from a different line of thinking, and you bring everybody together, and you think, man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to make this great chili, and you end up making something that is indistinguishably bad. And I, ultimately, they had to move on from all of it. It's just, I wonder just what, what damage they did to Bryce for a year and really to some of these, like a Thomas Brown, who is a bright young coach. Like, why couldn't sure. I have identified that as something, you know what, this is a good guy. We should keep him around here. And I think there are a number of good people in different areas of the staff that you might want to keep. I mean, if they go the young offensive coordinator route, that guy would likely be wise to enjoy the services of Averro and that entire defensive yes. staff. I mean, those guys did good work. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to fit and what the next guy wants to do, obviously, as it does all – but, uh, again, the cheapest and easiest and dumbest thing to say is, oh, it was all terrible. Everybody's got to go because, there were, you know, there are a lot of individual parts. I'll never forget. Marty Herney told me a long time ago, and that's a cat who survived 2001 yep. and 2010. He said, you have to be careful evaluating individual parts when the whole thing is busted. And he saw it busted twice good and they managed to bounce out of it pretty quickly both times. So I'm not sitting here telling you the Carolina Panthers are going to figure this out instantly or that Dan Morgan's going to work some kind of miracle now that he's the GM. We don't even know who the coach is. But but what I would suggest is that no one in the NFL is five years away from competing for anything. That's just not how the NFL works. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, final thing. Uh, we know Brian Callahan Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator is about to be hired as the Tennessee Titans head coach. He was supposed to get a second interview, I guess, today. Do we know what the schedule is for interviews coming up this week? Well, I think if you pay attention to all the popular reports out there on the Internet, you know, I mean, Dave Canales' name's right. out there, Raheem Morris's name's out there. I think the big one everybody's kind of wondering about is, you know, it, the results of this weekend's games is going to say a lot about um, who goes where because if Ben Johnson's available on Monday, there's a couple of people that are going to be wanting to talk to him. Yeah. Um, I, I think the same is probably true of Mike McDonald in Baltimore, yeah. who has impressed a lot of people through processes across the league. So it's um, it, there's a lot of balls in the air right now. I think we're in a little bit of a lull because, you know, again, there's some names out there, Canales, Raheem Morris, um, who are on the schedule perhaps later this week, you know, after Canales or after Callahan decides not to come and join us here, I was going to buy him lunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's me. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think it's going to shake out early next week because based on who's available to talk to people, if it's Ben Johnson and he remains the bell of the ball as everybody expects him to, you would think a lot of people would be ready to move quickly if he's their guy. What what's on the menu at the Thirsty Beaver? I'm just I'm curious. 
Miller High Life <laughs> is on the menu at the Thirsty Beaver practically every day, sir. Um, oh man! And, and I and I know you're no stranger to that. No, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite spots. You are one of my favorite people. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, at Darren Gant. With two T's for extra talent on Twitter, man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Happy to do it. We'll talk to you all later. You never know what might be coming up in Panthers land. Well, keep it locked on Panthers.com for all the latest. Thank you very much. So we will.